out of the book of Romans chapter 8, if you turn your Bibles there, uh, this morning, uh, the Apostle Paul is, you know, he penned most of the New Testament that we, that we read, and that gives us guidance as a New Testament church. And, and as he writes to these different churches, he uses uh, speech or words that a lot of time is figurative, uh, as well as a lot of times it being practical, using words that uh, the folks that he was writing to could identify uh, during his time, his day and age. And a lot of those words that he used seem to get lost uh, today in our modern times. I mean, you think about how long ago and, and the culture was that Paul was living in. You think about the uh, lifestyles that, that uh, uh, people lived during his days, as well as uh, some of the, the obstacles they had to face, some of the practicalities of, of life, um, some of their livelihoods that he had to identify with, farmers, uh, and, and, and so on, uh, and, and shepherds, and etc. So uh, some of those words get lost today uh, as we read them. And one of those words that uh, Paul uses that we're going to be looking at out of the book of Romans is the word tribulation. Would you say that word with me? Tribulation. We all are familiar, in, in a sense, with those words, as you've heard so much preaching come across the pulpit, but I want to give you a little bit of background on what that word really meant and what that was all about. The word tribulation that we use uh, in our day and age comes from the Latin word tribulum, tribulum, and uh, which basically was a tool. Uh, it was a large uh, roller with metal spikes or pieces attached all around it, or it would have been a wooden plank, large wooden plank with pieces of metal underneath that, and both of these would be pulled by animals, large oxen, horses, whatever the farmer had. And what they were used for was to tear up the ground, turn over the soil, as well, as well the main use of them was to separate the corn from the corn husks. And so it was a tribulum that was used to do that separation. So that word uh, tribulum, or the word we use tribulation today, signifies the act of separating. Separating. That's what they use those instruments for. And so what the Apostle Paul was doing for you and I as we read, and for those readers of his day, he was trying to get them to understand that there were certain things in life that a couple of, of different perspectives this morning that I want to look at. There are things in our Christian life, in their Christian life, that the enemy, the devil, was going to try to use to separate them from God, to separate them from loving God, from, to, to separate them from serving the Lord in so many different ways. And so what we're going to do this morning is take a look at uh, in, in a little bit in depth as to uh, what Paul was speaking about concerning you and I as Christian men and women. In Romans chapter 8, I want to focus here on a few scriptures, starting with verse 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 
uh, 35, I'm sorry, Romans 8, 35 through verse 39. And I entitled this, More Than Conquerors. More Than Conquerors. More than just some words. More than just a sermon title. But we're going to see what that really means for you and I as men and women of God. So Romans 8, 35, Paul writes and asks the question, Who? shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are uh, considered as sheep uh, being led to slaughter. No, in all these things uh, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation shall separate us from uh, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Wow. I mean, here he's talking about what these aspects of things that we go through in life, that the people in Rome that he was writing to go through in life. And we understand that these scriptures, these verses have brought comfort to those who have read them for so many hundreds and thousands of years as the Apostle Paul wrote. And he said that there isn't anything that can separate you and I from God's love. Do you believe that here this morning? Are you convinced about that as the Apostle Paul was this morning? And he says, uh, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Wow. I mean, this morning we need to look at the, the scripture, the word of God, and how that affects and, and impacts us throughout each and every day of our lives. I want to look at number one, our victory. I want you to say, my victory this morning. Would you say that? My victory. We have victory. We have victory. You may not feel like it, but that doesn't matter what you feel this morning. We have victory in Christ. When Paul writes that we are more than conquerors, he uses a tense that describes right now, present tense, active right now. It's an active situation. He says, I am, we are more than conquerors. Not we could be, or we might be, or maybe we were. He's not saying that. He's saying what? We are. Just like you are in church today. You're here. You believe that? Some of you are still asleep. Wake up. You're in church. Do you believe you're in church here today? You are here. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, we what? We are more than conquerors. Right now, you are more than a conqueror. No matter what it is, 
that's going on in your life. You may not feel like it. You may not sense that. But I tell you what, you are more than a conqueror. Not just yesterday, not just last year, last week, but right now. Ahora mismo. That's what God says you are. It kind of reminds me of Gideon. The book of Judges, chapter number 6. We know the story. His people, his, his, his country is being overrun by the enemy. And God sends an angel and speaks to him. And calls Gideon a mighty warrior, a mighty hero. They're being defeated. Gideon is defeated. In fact, he is afraid. He's hiding behind a wine press. He's having a hard time, difficult time, believing what God said, that he's a, a hero, that uh, he is a mighty warrior. And in Judges chapter 6 and verse 15... This is how Gideon replies, just like some of you and I this morning. But Gideon answered and said, Pardon me. Pardon me, sir. How can I save Israel? My family group is the weakest in the tribe of Manasseh. And I am the youngest one in my family. The Lord answered Gideon and said, I will be with you. I will be with you. So you can defeat the Midianites as easily as if they were only one man. You see, Gideon didn't feel like a hero. He didn't feel like a warrior. He started to make excuses about why God couldn't use him. How many know we do the same? Many times we start doing the same regarding what, what happened last week or what happened last year or last month uh, and why God uh, can't use us or why God uh, shouldn't use us or why God shouldn't love us. But the devil is a liar this morning. Uh, God said, Gideon. It didn't matter to the Lord what Gideon felt. Or how Gideon felt. Uh, all that mattered uh, was that Gideon was not going to accomplish victory from his own strength. But God told Gideon, listen, don't worry about what you feel or think or what you think you look like. I'm going to be with you and I'm going to help you defeat the enemy. And that's exactly what God is saying to you here this morning. In spite of what you think, in spite of what you feel, not because of your strength, not because of your skill, your history, past or present or talent, he said, but I will be with you. That's why Paul spoke to the church at Rome and he said, in all things... In everything, right now, you are, we are more than conquerors. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, listen, in verse 14, Paul writes, and he says, Give thanks to God. He always leads us in the winner's parade because we belong to Christ. Through us, God spreads the knowledge of Christ everywhere like perfume. To God, you smell nice. 
The devil might say you stink. The devil might say you're, you're, you're a mess. You don't matter. But I'll tell you what. You're like a sweet-smelling perfume to the Lord. Why? Simply because of, of what he's done in your life. He causes us to be victorious. You may not feel like a victor, but you are victorious here this morning. Give God thanks for that truth in your life here today. More than conquerors. I love that. He always parades us in the winner's circle. I love to see horse racing whenever I get a chance. And you see them. And there they are when that horse has defeated the rest of them. And they, what do they do? Go prancing. I mean, that jockey, he's got mud all over his face. Okay, he wears like three or four different goggles and he flips them off. And, and there he's there looking dirty, but that horse... He's prancing into the winner's circle. They put the flowers on him, and those flowers give off a sweet-smelling aroma. And you see, no matter how much mud we have to go through, no matter how much mud the devil wants to throw at your life, uh, he promised to bring you into the winner's circle, and that sweet-smelling aroma will let people know you are more than a conqueror. Amen. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. Our victory. And then what Paul does, he starts to, in verse 35, he gives us a list of those enemies that uh, are going to try to separate us because of that tribulum, that tribulation. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, those things? He begins with that word tribulation, which again, for you and I, we know the practical aspect, the tool used for farming and what its purpose was. But he now, he says, tribulation, he brings it into the enemy of God's people. That cause of great trouble or suffering. And he starts to describe what kinds of tribulations, distresses, extreme, meaning anxiety, sorrow, pain. Those are tribulations. Those are distresses caused by trouble or tribulation. Then he talks about persecution. Persecution that the Christians were facing in Rome, and we know the persecutions. They were being killed. They were being martyred for the, for the sake, namesake of Jesus Christ. And persecution, being ill-treated, spoken about wrongly for Christ's sake, whatever that means to you, however that impacts you, those are persecutions. Whether it comes from family, from friends, from the world, there's always going to be persecution towards the things of God. I read this weekend uh, about a pastor in the United Kingdom and there in, in uh, around the London area, I believe, Uxbridge. And um, he was, um, you know, there they have the history. They have the, the tradition. And I remember going, uh, when we were living there into London, they have a place called Speaker's Corner. They're in London, and where that is, you go, and that's a place where people would go and speak, politicians, 
whomsoever, whatever you wanted, you had the right to stand in that corner and stand in a soapbox, that's where you get it, and preach, speak, whatever you want, as well as the gospel. So here was this, this 70 plus pastor, year old pastor. How many love 70 year old pastors? <laughs> All right. Enough of self, enough of self. Sorry. <laughs> okay, thank you. So here he is, and he's standing on, he's got a little step stool he's standing on, and he's preaching the Word of God out of Genesis chapter 1. And he's preaching out of Genesis chapter 1, talking about creation, and he's talking about God's plan for, for man, uh, and, and, and how God created man, created woman, and God's plan for the family. He's preaching that, and they're in, 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 in that area, and all of a sudden, people start coming, and you know, he had a few church folks with him. That's the way it is over there. Not a whole bunch of people show up for an outreach. Unlike here, we get good crowds coming out. Thank God bless you for that. That's a good thing. But he got mockers, and he got people who started complaining, and they called the police, and, and they called the cops, and the, cop, the police came, and there they are saying, you're going to have to stop preaching. You have to. I said, why? I'm, it's my right. I'm here. I have the right to speak about the Bible like anybody else has the right to speak about what they want. And so he still continues speaking. He said, come down, come down. He said, no, I'm preaching. It's my right. So they arrested him. They pulled him off that thing. They put this poor guy in handcuffs, and they take him away for preaching the gospel. For preaching the gospel in England. Think about that. Just talking about what the Bible says concerning God's plan for the family. They put him in jail. 70 plus year old man, pastor. Persecution. Get ready. Get ready. Because there are laws on the, that are coming on the books that people want to, they, they want to pass in this country. They've already done it in Canada. There have been pastors who've already been arrested in Canada for preaching the gospel. Get ready, because it's going to, if God, whatever he lets happen, he lets happen persecution for preaching the word of God. Are we going to allow those things to separate us from the love of Christ and from serving him? Then he starts speaking about the physical enemies, hunger, nakedness, peril, and sword. And those things that Paul speaks about, those things may be real. Those things uh, may be actively or could be actively happening. And what they try to do is rob us and steal away our joy and hope uh, at certain times because of, of our humanity, our humanness that the enemy uses those things to try and separate us from God's love and God's will and God's purpose and steal away the truth and the promises of God. But you and I need to stand against those things. And Paul was challenging the church at Rome, do not let those things separate you from the love of God. He said, keep standing for the word of God because God loves you. Because of God's love in your life. Tribulation. Psalm 73 and verse 26. Psalmist writes, My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 
You see, the tribulation, the storms, the enemies uh, in our life, whatever it is we go through, yet Paul writes, uh, he says nothing. He begins to mock them. He begins to, to, to uh, laugh at them, as, as it were. And he says, these things, they're nothing. They're powerless. They're ineffective when it comes to what? The love of Jesus Christ, uh, which shields and protects us uh, if we allow him from all those things. That's how Paul looks at tribulation. He smirks at it. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? This, that, the other, da, 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 da. Ha! Nah, not at all. See, what we need to do is laugh at those things. Because we know where they come from. They come from the pit of hell. When the devil starts throwing things at you, starts lying to you, starts saying things about you, laugh at him and say, God, you know what, devil? It don't matter to me what you say. It doesn't matter what, how you want to make me feel. I know Jesus loves me. He gave his life for me. His power in me is greater than your lies and your troubles you want to bring to me. John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. I like that. In me you will have peace. He says in the world, you're going to have what? Tribulation. Trouble. Tribulation. But take heart. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He has overcome the tribulation, the trials, those things, those storms that are brought to us. Thank God for our victory, my victory, because he describes who we are. Who are we? Paul describes us and says, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Continually victorious over anything that wants to try to pull us down. More than conquerors. What exactly is a conqueror? What is that? Conquistador. For, for you Spanish folks. What is that? We have our pictures of them with their armor and, and their nice long spears. You know, Don Quixote and all those guys. Conqueror. A conqueror defeats their enemy. That's what a conqueror does. But someone who is more than a conqueror crushes their enemy and brings them to their knees. There's a difference. A conqueror ends, terminates the purposes of their enemy. But someone who is more than a conqueror makes their enemy serve their own purposes. Uh, so let me tell you something. Uh, you're not just a conqueror. You are what? More than a conqueror. You just, we're not able to just defeat the enemy. We can bring the enemy to his knees and make him serve what we want, not what he wants. Amen. Uh, we are more than conquerors. Amen. That's who you are this morning. That's what Jesus says you are this morning. God not only delivers us from our suffering, from those tribulations, 
but he makes our pain and suffering, and uh, it serves uh, his purpose uh, for a greater glory. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, the Apostle Paul writes, For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. It's like the song sing, that we sing. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns it for good. Because God uses those tribulations, those attacks, to work in us a greater weight of glory than we would have experienced without those troubles or tribulation. <laughs> we may not like that part, but that's a fact. That's exactly what happens. That's what Paul is saying. See, this is how you need to look at it this morning. Those of you who are being tribulized, those of you who are under that tribulum, that feels like the, the enemy is steamrolling you, tearing you up and tearing you apart, trying to separate you from God's call, God's will, God's purpose for your life. This is how you need to look at it. The who, not the band, the who of your salvation is greater than the who of your opposition. <laughs> Scripturally, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, but easier the who the who of your salvation is greater than the who of that one that opposes you. So you say, Pastor, but you don't know what I'm dealing with, what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm feeling. How can you say, I don't even know if God can turn that for good? Well, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you feel or what you think or, or what you see or what you know. All that matters is what God says. You may not understand it, but that's what God says is going to happen. He's going to turn it to, for good in your life, use it to glorify Him, and lift you to a place of, of blessing in your life. Regardless of what you're feeling or sensing right now, we have these hope, these words of hope, and victory and encouragement that the Word of God brings to us this morning. Our prayer needs to be that we accept by faith what God says about us. Accept by faith that I am right now more than a conqueror. Accept that by faith your position in Christ Jesus. God speaks to encourage his people in Psalm 89 and in verse 34. He says, I will not dishonor my promise or alter my own agreement. On my holiness, I have taken an oath. I will not lie to David. His descendants will last forever. His throne will be in my presence like the sun. It shall be established forever like the moon. 
it will be like a faithful witness in heaven. You see, what God is saying is what I say so is what the way it's going to be. If God says so, then that's the way it is for you and for me because he will not lie to you and I. Do you believe that here this morning? And so this morning, the sphere and the source of our victory, there's a a domain, there's an area or a sphere of victory that Paul says we have, we can have victory in or we can conquer in. And I like it because he says that we are victorious in a couple of things, in a few things, in a few areas, in some areas. No, he doesn't say that. He says we can be more than conquerors. We can be victorious in what? In all these things. All. Say that word with me. All. It's like when we say, I want it all. We know what we mean, don't we? I want everything. You see, the problem is that too many of God's people have the idea that victory only happens when they're living in times of peace and free from trouble or tribulation or hardships or distress. That's when I can have victory. That's when I can be a conqueror. When I'm not having heartache in my life, only then can I be successful. But see, that's not what God says. That's not what the Word of God says. More than conquerors, despite whatever the devil can throw at us or the world can throw at us, in all these things, any, anything that would challenge our faith, anything that would try to destroy our love for Jesus Christ, we are victorious over all of those things who would criticize our commitment to Jesus Christ. Uh, nothing is excluded. Whatever it is you experience, you feel, you go through, nothing is excluded. That's the realm, uh, the domain of our victory. And the source of our victory is obviously who? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the source. Uh, he is the root of where we can have victory over the enemy as long as we remain uh, in him. Because the scripture says... Through him. Not through our money, not through our talent, not through our gifts, not through ours, whatever it is that we think we have in our, but it's through Jesus Christ that we can conquer all things and be more than conquerors. See what the Apostle Paul faced during his time. We're going to face those things in different ways, in different forms. And Paul writes, what shall we then say to these things? In chapter 8 of Romans, verse 31. If God be for us, then who can be against us? As our music ministry makes their way up this morning, the last thought that I have for you, it's probably one of the more important ones that I mentioned this morning. 
And that is the reason for our tribulation or afflictions. Do we think that God just wants to hurt us? Do we think he doesn't care about us? And the reason why we go through these things maybe is because we don't deserve to be blessed. We don't deserve good things. We don't deserve uh, healing. We don't deserve to have a job or deserve to have a good marriage or good kids and on and on. Is that what we think? The reason for the afflictions and the tribulations are? See, what we need to do is remember, remember that God's plan for our lives usually is very different from our plans, aren't they? We have our picture, we have our plan of what layout our life is going to be, how it's going to go, what is and isn't going to happen. And when things don't go according to our plan, then something must be wrong with us, something must be wrong with God, something must be wrong with something. But you see, there's a reason God allows us to face the things that Paul faced and that you and I face in our Christian walk. And 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, Peter gives us that reason, and the reason is to purify our faith, to purify our faith. Scripture reads in 1 Peter 1, 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we know the process that gold's, gold goes through, precious metals go through the refining process, put in the fire. And this is what Peter is saying. That God is purifying our faith and our confidence in him through these trials. And so this morning, the other aspect of tribulation, remember what that meant? Separating the corn from the husks, a, a, a form of separation. That's what tribulation means. So what Peter is saying then, why don't we use the, the tribulations then to separate those things from us that don't belong in our lives. Those things that want to cause us from being impure in our thoughts or in our lifestyle when it comes to serving the Lord. Let those, let those tribulations begin to separate those areas that maybe divide or distract us from our service to the Lord, whatever form they might come in. That's why we go through trouble, through trials, so that separation in those things can take place. Not to separate us from God, but they may separate us from the garbage, the junk things that aren't good because when he finishes with us we'll be less like ourselves and more like Jesus I like that song that's out right now a little more like Jesus a little less like me isn't that what we need to pray let me be a little bit more like Jesus probably some of us a lot more like Jesus and a lot less like me but that's the point 
And then the second thing is to prioritize our life. He allows those tribulations to get our priorities in order, to bring us to a place where life stops being about us, what I feel, what I think, and more about Him, more about Jesus, Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness, and then all of these things will be added unto you. Yes, afflictions can be painful. As you bow our heads before the Lord this morning and close our eyes.